0: I'm going to go rescue my my salmon that's hopefully not burning on the grill.
1: All right. I'm going to change some things around here yeah, real quick. You're the host. You're the host you do you're, the most. You do it. Something's going on weird here. Hold on a second. Everybody bear with me for just a minute. I know he's recording. Um, I'm going to get this thing figured out. hear me I can hear you okay well I need to get all set up here Danny I got a haircut for you just for you
2: I shaved well I didn't shave I trimmed
1: I haven't gone that far I haven't shaved just my legs just my legs (laughs) So he's done messed up, and he's transferred to me, hadn't he?
2: Yes, he has.
1: All right. Well, we're gonna give everybody. I know we're gonna give a few minutes to everybody to come in here. I am. Uh... Clark, what are you trying to do? Couple things. What are you trying to do? <laughs> Dude, there was something in my Wheaties, man. No, man. I'm just uh I need a it's 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 still early. It's still uh 21. I'm gonna give it five minutes and we're gonna fire it up. We
2: didn't stop for a while. Oh, wait a
1: second. I hear the queen. I hear the I hear the,
2: the log cabin queen. Hey. Can't see you though.
1: No, I'm about to.
2: I do I mute everybody. you going black ops
1: on us. You're not camping with us now. What'd you do? Well, I'm not as fancy as you guys. No, I'm actually, there's a long story, but I'm not going to tell it yet. But well, I'm unless gonna...
0: you put a tent on our site.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Okay.
3: What would
1: he say?
2: <laughs> he don't know what to say. What's the weather like there in uh, Virginia?
1: Beautiful. Cool? Yeah.
3: It's getting up to 90s here this weekend.
1: Well, y'all had that for two months.
3: Oh, just about. It's 84 here in Detroit, man. I can't be happier right now. I'm wearing sandals. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Okay, here's what I wanted to do. I'm kind of fired up, so I'm going to kick it in with some launching music.
3: She's my moon, no. moon. Wherever she is, my my That guy is fire,
1: though. <laughs> well, that didn't suck at all, did it? No. I'm telling you, I feel... I feel fired up. Well look, I, listen, we're already we're already on Facebook. We're already on live. I see Mark Whitridge is here. <clears throat> um I think we're ready to go, Joe. Um I think yeah. Andy, Andy 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 walked out, right? He's doing something else. Yep. All right. Well, um listen, I think we probably I did not write an agenda and I don't think we need one tonight. I think we have some stuff to say, some things to do. I I want to – wow. My bad. Wow. Okay, don't break into Joe's house. He's got a real alarm. Um, I'm not going to read the commitments tonight. I'm going to break the rules because that's what we're doing. We're rebels. Um, I want to say – do we – hold on a second. There's only 14 people here. Do we need to let some people in?
3: I think we do. Anybody – did you look on Facebook?
1: Yeah, I got Parker there. Parker is not joining us. How do I let more people in that might be in like the waiting room? Do you know? Any clue?
3: No, I'm, not, I'm not really sure.
1: Bueller? Bueller? 16? Okay, never mind. They're they're automatically coming in. Here's 16 people. Um, it's still a little early, so I just want to go ahead and say this now. I don't care that not everybody's gonna see it. I am really, really, really fired up. Um, as anybody sees, uh, the only football team that really matters in the NFL is is adorned on my on my body today, my body's a wonderland. Um, you know, and and I know this is going to be a one-sided topic that I'm going to talk about, but the biggest topic we have right now is our summit. And I and I can honestly tell you that Joe and Andy and Jennifer, Dave and and, and Ben and Parker and and Jonathan Grubb, so many people have in a way put some of their life on hold for the last, what, three weeks or so, Joe, it's been a mad scramble. Um, it's, 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 it's a lot to do. It's a whole lot to do. Um, hold on a second. There's already people that don't see the code on (laughs) the code is in this post. Okay. I'm not gonna watch Facebook, okay? Okay,
3: I'll, I'll stay on it.
1: Um so this weekend is a summit, Friday and Saturday. Um about 175, almost 180 people will be there. Um some of those people are gonna be, you know, vendors and sponsors, but they're still in this industry. And I want to tell you that sponsors and vendors and those coming are just as excited about the change that we need to make in this industry as we are. They're associated in a different way um, from a product or a service that supports us or this, this industry. Um, So they're, they're just as excited. So basically all I'm going to say is Sunday, everything's going to be different. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to, there's a big change coming. The tide is changing. Um, last year we had 45 people, 48 people leave there, help spread the word. Um, and, and that's a pretty good number, but now we're going to have 170, and I think we can really start to really, really start crashing over. So people are messaging saying they can't see themselves, so I'm going to deal with that, but I'm just going to say this right now. I'm going full SEAL Team 6. I'm changing this industry with everybody here. SEAL Team 6, we're going to do an assault on everything. So, uh, Joe, go ahead and mumble a little bit. I'm going to see if I can figure out how to get a few more people in here.
3: Yeah, sweet. All right, well, right off the bat, we want to thank two new sponsors that came on board uh, as of late. Uh, really, really excited about their support. I do believe we're going to have some people on the call tonight from each of those organizations just to kind of introduce themselves, but we're really happy to bring on board, uh, company cam, uh, for those of you don't know, industry leading photo app, period, bar none, no conversation game over. If you don't use it, I strongly recommend you do. I'd love for them to pay me to say that, but they don't, uh, it's actually a really good product. So we're happy to have them on board. Um, also OVR rentals, um, another great supplier for the industry rental equipment, large loss, local loss, whatever you need. Um, again, really excited to have uh, the support of these additional sponsors. It's Pretty cool. Um, and what Clark said, uh, you know, about being excited, um, that's an understatement, right? Like there's just a lot of really good positive vibrations and, and thoughts coming out right now from the group. And it's really, it's, uh, it's really, really exciting. Um, when you look at the thread over the past couple of weeks, right? It's been nothing but positive. I'm a rebel because, right? That movement, that campaign that we started, um, what we're doing is really helping people. And it's exciting to see the positive uh, that's coming out of everyone's businesses. It really is exciting. Um, But with that being said, all right. So the last few weeks, um, we've been talking about relationships, right? Employee relationships. Last week we talked about vendor relationships. I think you guys kind of understand and get the point that that really your business is built on relationships. At the end of the day, nothing else doesn't matter. Um, We're going to talk today about adjuster relationships. Now, have no false illusions. This conversation can go so far down the rabbit hole we might not get out. And I'm pretty sure it can last up to three weeks in debate everywhere across every forum. So I'm gonna I'm gonna participate in what I believe is the best way to establish, build, and make relationships with adjusters. There may be some people in agreement, some people in disagreement, but all we ask is that you listen and 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 think about the concepts, think about the bigger picture, think about the the ability of the results you're gonna potentially get if you if you attempt to try to build relationships like this. Um, so again. We've established relationships with our employees, our vendors, and now the people ultimately that are going to be responsible for cutting a check in some way, shape or form, whether we call them our customer or not, that's their role in the process. So we have to have a relationship with them. So in our market here in Detroit, it's fair to say that there's a certain national carrier that's really difficult to deal with. Okay. Not going to name names. I don't go down that road, but they're really difficult. Like one coat of paint, You know, no content manipulation. I mean, just fill in the blanks of aggravation and it's pretty much how they write their scopes. I had a claim the other day. And I wanted to prove a point, right, to how to build a relationship, how to establish one. So I get a brand new claim in. uh, It's with this particular carrier. I go to the loss. I walk in. Water supply line, lower level, floods out the lower level. But here's the caveat the son is basically a paraplegic that lives in the basement with 24 hour care. We're in a 30 by 30 finished basement. Okay. This is not a big job. This is small, very small. I get on the phone with the customer. We call up the insurance carrier. We walk through making the claim. When she's done, I take over the phone and I'm on, I'm on the phone with the, with the desk handler at that point, And I'm giving them real information, right? materials, effectiveness. I'm going through the understanding of the situation. At that point, I then, on behalf of the customer, this isn't my job, but if I don't do this, if I don't pay attention to it, then my job sucks, right? And that's the deal with her son. So now out of nowhere, I have to figure out how to deal with a paraplegic in a basement in a bed bigger than I could fit around anything in this room. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? It's huge. Disassembly is the only answer. So all of these things are going through my head. I go to the desk adjuster and I start to initiate the conversation about ALE. It's not my job, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to help move this claim forward very quickly. So I get on the phone with them. We explain what's going on. Puts me immediately to the actual desk adjuster for this claim. So within a couple of minutes, I'm actually talking to the desk adjuster. I lay all this this information out back for her. She immediately understands. And she asks me, what do I want my ALE to be? And this, this was the time when I said, okay, this is how I build my relationship. I said, two weeks. She goes for the mitigation. I said, no, from start to finish. I said, the customer hired me. I've got everyone's best interest in in mind, everyone's. And um, let's put them in a hotel for two weeks. Let me finish my mitigation. I'll move right into repairs. Uh, Everything's going to stay the same from a selection material standpoint. And uh, let me just execute it and move them right back in. If we can reduce ALE. Uh, and claims times, then I think everybody wins. This is what I say to the desk adjuster. Word for freaking word. She goes, okay, done deal. 20 minutes later, ALE vendor calls, gets them set up in a hotel, provides transportation. I've got all the trades going. Plumbers are there, dry cleaners are there. Everyone's moving, things are happening. And I get the call today from the large loss adjuster. We're on day two of the job. He goes, I'd like to meet you out there. I said, "Cool. Well, here's all the background. Maybe you don't want to make this two-hour trip to come see this." They gave it to a large loss adjuster. Go figure, right? Waste of his payroll. I mean, this is a small claim, like twenty grand. This is nothing. The guy says, "All right, I want to come down in an hour." Cool. Our job sites, you can walk on of 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't care. They look right. They're supposed to be. I meet him on the job site. I walk him through the loss. Never met this adjuster in my life, not one single time. We walk the loss. We use his scope sheets. But by the way, we already have our estimates done. All of our paperwork is done, invoicing. It's already all here. And I've got it in my email waiting to get his email just to fire it off and say, have a nice day. We walked with his scope sheets. We're on point 100%, a couple of differences, talked about them, listen, fucking talked about them and moved on. I won, he won, nobody won. We got what we need to put it back, right? And um, we get done. We walk outside. I email him my documents. To his surprise, our scopes matched up really, really well. My dollar amount was right in with what he was anticipating. He went out to his car. He wrote a check. Before he wrote the check, before he wrote the check, he says, they've got a mortgage on it. I look at him, eyes rolled, great, have a nice day. I'm going to knock this out for you guys in two weeks, but I got to wait 90 days for my money. I'm giving you two invoices. That's what I said to him. And I, and I quickly, quickly, from my phone, broke everything down into two, resend it to him. He gives me two checks. ACV value. A couple of open items. And now I'm able to move this claim forward exponentially quick, not on my money, not on the customer's money, but on the liable party's money. The claim's moving forward at this point. They'll be back in their house. The family go back to neutral. Three hours later, this was about an hour and a half ago, that same adjuster calls me up. He says, hey, he goes, I really appreciated our time together today. I said, me too. I said, me too. Hey, just before you continue this conversation, I'm not on the TPA program that works with your carrier. Like, I don't drink the Kool-Aid of that. He's like, oh, no, that's cool. He goes, how big of a loss can you do? How big of a loss could you give me? I got a commercial fire that I'm going to look at tomorrow. Would you mind coming with me? I met this guy a fucking, like three hours ago, but like, no joke. Right. But I took advantage to build a relationship. And I did that from the beginning of the, from the beginning of the opportunity. I had a claim strategy, right? I had a vision of a game plan on how this claim needed to move forward. So I engage with ALE, even though it's not my place, but I understand the dynamics within my job role. So i I'd move that forward in that direction. I'm having educated conversations with the desk address for real time saying, this is what's going on, But right? I'm just being transparent. And I've got a solution to the problem that we both have. A paraplegic insured in six inches of water, fresh water, but six inches of water, right? And, and the carrier knows I've got a content job on my hands, a mile high with pill bottles and medical supplies, right? Fill in the blank. But started with a strategy and it ended with an opportunity to go walk a loss with an adjuster. Simply put, I don't, I'm not expecting anything from that opportunity tomorrow, but the fact is that he called that's a relationship. I settled the claim for exactly what I wanted. By the way, if anyone's curious or not, not I'll put the paperwork up 10 and 10 on the uh, mitigation. Um, there was no, the conversation actually never even took place if it was on there or not. It was completely irrelevant. He, he looked at it, he agreed to everything and just paid the bill. It was the level of professionalism. And when I first met him, right. And this is what I do with all adjusters. When I first meet them. it's really simple. Hey, how's it going, Phil? Hey, just, you know, I look at you more like a coworker than an adversary or a colleague or anything like that. Like, let's just go do our job. And I don't care if he's in a good mood, bad mood doesn't matter to me. I just spoke his simplest pain point, which is get his job done. So I'm not going to go in there and, and fight him on stuff, right? If I need to, I'll educate him. Did you guys catch that? I'll educate him professionally and win every time. When you do this and you repeat this process time and time again, here's what happens. You end up with a lot of insurance adjusters that move around, no different than restorers, by the way, in case you haven't figured that out in your market. They have your information. They call you. They respect your opinion. You may not always have the answer. You may not always be the guy they want to use for a particular project, but they know when they get a certain claim, a certain whatever, that they're looking to your skill sets. And those those are just opportunities. Those relationships created opportunities for future growth. Not only was I able to handle my claims civilly and be as professional as possible and give them what they want, right? So that link that he got in his email the minute we finished was extremely comprehensive. If you were to print it out, it's upwards of like 97 pages. So we're, we're talking about building a relationship through knowledge, through professionalism, and, and I know a lot of you listening are like, yeah, that's all well and good. And I think I can do that. And I'm pretty sure that I've done that a couple of times. And, yeah, I got an adjuster that calls me. For all you guys saying that, right, I, I get it. I appreciate it. But here's the reality. You're also saying that guy was an asshole. You're also saying that guy was a dick. This, this adjuster, this, this adjuster, that. There's always bad apples, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what you're doing. But them being bad should have no reflection on your ability to negotiate and be professional. And you're like, well, that's on them, right? Like their behavior. Like I'm trying, but they're not. Well, listen, it's because you're still on their level playing that their game. You have to step up. You got you to gotta step above them. And I don't mean go to the superior. I mean, I mean I'll perform them in their job right? So you deliver this dickhead adjuster, a packet of paper that he can suck on for the next month while he reviews it because it's there. It's all there. Even the, even the impaired code, it's there. He has no choice. Like emotions now are gone, right? Like you've done his job. There is no question of if, can, should, would, maybe like you've produced his job for him. So don't tell me that That he's a bad adjuster so that's why you're challenged with building this relationship or challenged with with negotiating with him right just do his job I I don't know like it was never rocket science to me it was always just just do do their job make it easier for them and through that you build these relationships of trust that bring you work weeks months random out of nowhere hey bam I got this job okay and the best part is when you walk on a job referred by an adjuster, I don't I don't care what market you work in. Here's the turnout. You get paid with like maybe one question, maybe two, because they trust you. So by the way, don't take advantage of that and don't bill for shit you didn't fucking do. Yeah, I said that. Please don't do that. Because that's what really ruins shit. You know, but okay. Relationships, guys, adjusters. I don't recommend brown bags i don't recommend buying them out i don't recommend taking them to dinner and games and trying to entertain them i really never believed in that school of thought i believe in just being really professional and giving them something that they don't see by everybody else all day long and just stand out amongst your peers because guess what surf pro does amount of mitigation nothing (laughs) you ever see a never see a crew leader from surf pro no offense to any surf pros out there i don't mean to speak specifically about anybody but generality I've seen my fair share Um, the presentation to the carrier is pretty weak it's not hard to be better than the franchises right now it's really not take the time look at your business process look at your documentation be prepared to go into those conversations with these adjusters be prepared on the front of a claim to have a strategy to execute it right not to let it slow down Show the carrier empathy of the insured situation. Like, just be transparent and communicate with them, right? And yes, you're going to find that desk adjuster who doesn't understand and doesn't get it, and and it still goes nowhere. So you just got to do you and take care of your customer and just move it forward and document it. I've never once moved forward on work that I wasn't approved by a carrier on that I didn't document, justify, ultimately, always to get paid. That's what it comes down to. Now, if you're going to cross an ethical barrier, that's not the conversation we're having, right? So have a strategy to your claims. Have an intent to your claims process. And build relationships as you go. As you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like it. So what did I miss? Do we go through the... uh... Rebel commitments? Do we do that? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, All right, we haven't introduced new folks yet. All right, no, All right. no new folks, no commitments. Sorry, y'all. I had uh, had some salmon on the grill. I had to take care of. So, so we, should we should do that? Is it is it too late in the game? No, go ahead. No, i go, go ahead. Go
3: then we're go.
0: They want to come back to Joe. Uh, Follow up questions for Joe on on what he just said. All good stuff. Um, uh, and hey, you didn't talk about the uh, that awesome thing that happened with a new sponsor. Yeah, Did you, Joe?
3: Yeah, we, we dropped in both new sponsors. We were really excited. We talked about them.
0: All right. That was awesome. Okay. Rebel commitments. Let's do it.
3: Let's just do it. I'm going to bring it down. Oh, it's
0: stuck. Whoa. There we go. All right. In order to maintain clarity of purpose, we ask that every member of the rebel community make the following. Commitments. Commitment number one, I will protect the value of my services. I will not devalue the services of another professional by providing anti-competitive bids. I will never provide free services as this would only serve to erode the value of similar services industry-wide. Commitment number two, I will practice incredible transparency. I will explain our processes in detail to my client. I will never hide details or manipulate reports. I will never communicate with a third party without also communicating with my client. This happened to me this week. Um, did not end well for me or my client. Commitment number three, I do not believe in competition. Restoration professionals in my market are part of my community. I will be an active member of that community. It is our unbreakable unity that will create the change that we strive for. Oh, man, Thursday cannot get here fast enough, can it? Oh, I'm excited. Commitment number four, I am willing to walk away from any project, client, or contract that is not compatible with my values and stated mission. Healthy relationships do not require us to give up money sleep, or our humanity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, better late than never. We got started. Um, good to see y'all. Happy to see y'all. Welcome. How? Who is here for the first time tonight? Wave, like do one of these, one of these. No, I, I, got, I got two pages. Let me expand my window here. All right. All right. Well, I'll give a shout out to uh, Mr. Travis Chansey that I see he's here. Uh, I gave a pricing feedback course in Denver last week, and Mr. Chansey was the penultimate host, complete with meditation and yoga the minute I got into the airport, which was epic. Epic. It was really good. Uh, nothing like learning how to meditate from somebody who runs a what, $180 million company. He said, I'm stressed out, I'm going to learn something, and he learns yoga and meditation. That's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. How was that for you? Uh, Oh, you're also going to start the, uh, let's call it the Rocky Mountain chapter of the Restoration Rebels. Uh, What do you you know on that
4: one? Well, it's looking good. I mean, we got some good feedback here. Um, I sent an email out. Uh, to everybody here that went to the class and I got some feedback from uh, a few guys in the group that want to set up the chapter and yeah, Mark is on the call tonight I see him here and uh, Mr. Uh, Torres is on the call as well
0: Oh, I recognize that guy hey Mark how you doing buddy
4: so yeah, I'd love to have uh, Mark's feedback on you know what he you know thinks about the Restoration Rebels. It sounds like you know him and I are going to definitely team up, and Jimmy wants to uh, team up as well in Colorado Springs. So it's going to start. It might you know start of a uh, maybe a smaller group, but I think we're going to build out a pretty nice little uh, monster here.
0: We started pretty small last year, and look what we've done.
4: Yeah, I like it. But small steps, baby steps. Baby steps. Hey, Mark. Hey, how hey, you doing? Good to see you.
0: Tell us about you.
5: Well, I'm here from Sedalia, Colorado. Went to the course last week. Had a great time. Uh, got to sit down with about 16 or 18 people. Got out of that course and uh, started sharing some ideas with some other people. And they're getting lit up. And they're like, I'm all in. I want to see this. So uh, we're getting ready to get them started over here. And uh, obviously, Travis and I are uh, you know, going to hook up. And he just needs to let me know when the first meeting is. And we'll get rolling.
0: I think we already had it. So it's the second meeting we're looking forward to.
4: Yes.
0: (laughs) No, we had, I mean, that was Wednesday, right? Uh, It it did. I, I, uh, and I was doing some dancing up there on stage. I was getting a little bit, a little bit fired up. I think.
4: I felt like a DJ on the side. (laughs) You're you're kind of a rapper.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So, uh, John Howell, has he been in here before? Yes, no, I think so. John okay. Ray Martin, no, okay. Well, uh, we did, we've done our chores now. We get down to business, Clark. How are you, brother? I am looking forward, not looking forward to your snoring. For those of you who don't know, that uh, um, we will be bunking together Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Yeah. One of those nights I'm going to kick you over to the Burnett's and you can go sleep with them and they're
1: well, they, and they said I could put a tent out there. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about it. Hey, um, I, so I, I thought we did have somebody new here that we, I'm sorry. I had to take a phone call. Um, John Howell, have you been here before? I tried to raise him on the CB. He wasn't answering. Well, we got a lot of people with no video, so maybe they're it's not all right. really there. That's right. It's all right. We well, were all ready to cancel this one tonight.
3: Mike from <laughs> Company Cams on Clark.
1: Mike where, where's Mike? Well, there's Mr. there's Mr.
0: Dosher. Hey, there's the Dosher's, there's the Dosher and the Hammer Queen.
1: Um dropping it. Dropping it like a boss. Well, listen, I'm if if uh, if he can get his microphone working that's cool hey, i wanted to go into a, another tangent just because um i think it was um what is today Tuesday i think it was like friday no i was back sunday night i got into a long conversation with rachel thomas adams or rachel adams thomas i'm sorry and then and then chris laney she's an ih and he's a mitigation contractor Yes. Okay. And we were having private conversations and, and really the the subject came up of Kurt Bolden. And, um, I know a lot of people here know who Kurt is. Um, a lot of them have gone to his hydro lab, his school. I know Danny has, and Chris is on here. Sarah Conley chimed in, ended up finding out that like 30, 40 people, um, he really, he really was somebody. And I'm, I'm guilty of not knowing anything about him. And I was talking to Rachel about, um, he was apparently quite a character, um, you know, lived life to the fullest and whatnot, whatnot. But, um, I just felt like there's a story there. There's a, there's a story, almost a book or, a, a, a something to be written. Um, I talked to Chris for a little while. I don't want to speak out of terms, but, um, just what he invented, and how he tested things and how he just a whole lot of stuff there. I know Ben might know a little bit about him too. So, um, I wanted to bring it up. Um, I was just inspired to uh, this week to, we don't have many people like that in this industry. We have a few and it's just like, like Elvis, you, you really don't know much about them or miss them until they're gone. And so, um, I guess I'll segue into, there are some leaders in this industry, um, some in this group and some outside of this group that um, we all owe it to each other to get in the proximity of those people and, and see what's behind just the the first layer of the onion that we think we know about. I mean, I think, I think it's, a, it's safe to say here, Ken Larson has probably got an encyclopedia of a brain um, and, and Parker Olson knows a lot of stuff. So I, I was just inspired. Dude, don't emotional. listen to that Parker guy, man. You cannot trust a word. The more I talked to Chris and Scott McFadgen and and a bunch of Australians and just a lot of people and Danny about this guy, I just just wanted to bring it up and and almost pay homage to somebody I didn't know that clearly sculpted much of what we do in this industry. And I know he and Jeremy Reitz were really close and they worked on a lot of projects and theories and uh, uh, even, uh, I guess, some um, in- some innovations together. So I just wanted to spend a few moments talking about that and um because I know it became a really, really big topic the other day. So if anybody here wants to say anything about who went to to Kurt Bolden's classes or uh Lindsay, did you ever met were you ever around um Kurt Bolden? Lindsay's in the candlelight over there. No. She said no. Okay. Well I thought it was a bigger topic than this, but everybody's kind of got the the cat's got everybody's tongues today.
2: Hey, uh, I'll I'll talk just for a minute. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Okay, so I've only got six percent battery, so I may die off here in a minute. But uh, I I went to uh, the the hydro lab first time uh, two thousand uh, in two thousand. Um, man, it was just uh It was just a, Kurt was an open book. I mean, it was the first time I walked into someone who did restoration and basically said, this is what I do, this, 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 and this, and this, which is a lot of what goes on in this group. Um, But uh, he literally was an open book, handed you his paperwork, his, you know, anything that he did with his business was was free for you to take, basically, which really just kind of was very foreign for me, especially coming from where I come from down here in Florida. But, uh He was very unique, and he was – at the end of the day, I mean, he really was just a problem solver. Whenever a problem came up, he just figured out a way to solve it. Um, when he taught his classes, I mean, especially in the early days, um, a lot of times he said, I don't know. You know, He and, and he, you had a question, and he just had another question on top of your question. And, and so it was just interesting to, to watch him over the years evolve and become, you know, that, that high-risk, high-reward kind of guy. Um, but, uh, I mean, definitely a uh, problem solver and an innovator. I mean, I, I, I believe the high-temp dehumidifiers really came from him solving the issue of the temperature on the, the dehumidifiers. And it really came down to just drilling some holes in a dehumidifier that allowed air to, to, to go across the compressor so it would operate at a higher temperature. Um, so, I, and he just – he was a hell of a guy at the end of the day. I mean, he was just one hell of a guy.
1: Thank you, Danny. Yeah, no, I, I... – I continue to hear that, and um, I think I think Joe actually knows a little bit about Kurt Bolden, but um, Chris, Chris, Chris Laney was telling me a little bit about um, the extreme team, which was, I guess, was the, uh, I guess, a program, Danny, you make it, because I don't think Chris has got ears Can you on it I'm here. Yeah, hey, Chris, what, what was the extreme team? Is that just like building a, a super soldier program or, or something like that?
6: Kurt started the extreme team uh, right after he finished that new facility that he had built, which at that point in time was by far the, the world's largest mitigation training facility. And his vision of that was basically coming off of 2004 and 2005 and seeing the inconsistencies down during the hurricanes of what we all did. And he really wanted to just build a team of contractors that trained together, had the same paperwork, had the same documentation, but we all stayed independent uh, of each other. It wasn't a franchise model or anything like that, but it was a model where you paid into the organization. And a lot of it was wrapped around education. So Kurt wrapped everything around education and Danny, I think hit the nail on the head. I mean, it when Kurt wasn't just, you know, an innovator, he, he constantly went against the grain and constantly tried to move that needle the opposite way. And, um, it battled with the IICRC. I remember, I mean, I I hold a patent because of him, of a, of a job we did together. And we sat there together and said, what about this? And, we don't use air movers in our drying business anymore because of him, because of the testing we did together, because of the, the way he said, how can we do it different? How can we do it better? And I think that was just, that was just Kurt. He always went against the grain. If you told him the sky was blue, he just questioned it and he wanted to know why it was blue and he wanted to know why those things occurred. And um, I just, I appreciate Exactly what Danny says. He was always an open book. I mean, he was always somebody that would say, here's what I use. Here's my documentation. Here's how we process jobs. Whether it was the right way or the wrong way, it's the way he did it. And he constantly evolved. And that's what I continue to try to do. I tried to put together that advanced rank class a couple of years ago. And it's amazing how a lot of contractors didn't want to get involved with a class and they didn't want to get involved with his high tech class because that advanced class I put together was right off of that same platform that that he put together for the high tech class guys just they were good with status quo it amazed me Um, and a lot of people didn't want to learn how to dry two three four layers of drywall they didn't want to learn how to dry carpet and pad in place they didn't want to learn how to dry those materials. And that's what he was all about. You know, when it come to how the heck do I, um, he was tired of pulling carpet and pad. That's how the, that's how the extreme extract came about. You know, um, he was doing exactly what Danny said, just, just fixing a problem. So.
0: Well, what, you. what, what types of things were, what was, how was he going against the grain? What types of things was he fighting Ah, at at the institutional level, um, that was considered not normal.
6: I think the biggest thing that we focused on t- together through like eleven, twelve, well, maybe twelve, thirteen, and fourteen was the dehumidifier calculation. Um, it was something that neither of us agreed with. He didn't agree with the standards board, um, and we wanted to, and he wanted to prove it wrong. And so that's what we did. We proved the air mover calculation was wrong. We proved the dehumidifier calculation was wrong. The AHAM calculation is something nobody should truly do. And there's data behind it. And Clark hit the nail on the head. I reached out to a couple people, one, his ex-wife, and trying to see is there some of the data. Not my
1: not my ex-wife, Kurt's ex-wife.
6: Not nah, Kurt's ex-wife. Good. Um, to see if there's some data, you know, that he has. I have – data that we've ran in our in our research center and, and i think it's may 17th we're going to do we're going to dry our floodhouse based off of the Aham calculation the iscrc s 500 standards and it'll be eye-opening it's going to be a free thing anybody wants to come you're more than welcome um i'm going to post the results and i'm not going to do the testing it will be third priority
1: what so we'll see
6: those are the things he did
0: when are you going to do that
6: uh, we're going to do it on – let me give you the exact date uh, – May May 16th will be – so we'll flood on the 15th, and we'll start the testing on the 16th, and I imagine the drying will be done seven days later based off that standard, if not longer. So
3: um, you, but he
6: he, al- he always wanted to go against that. You know, everybody said, well, you can't dry carpet and pad in place. So what would Kurt do? He took – the extreme extractor to Shaw put together testing with Shaw and it was all wrapped around education. He didn't know if it was going to work. He just knew his tool worked, but he didn't know, was it going to pass this, you know, the test. And it ultimately did. And I think those are the, the fun things that I'm passionate about that he developed that passion in me to, to be excited about it and still continue to,
2: Put yeah, the, the IICRC has the wet study and that wet study was all about Kurt. Kurt saying, I've got the tool and my tool is the best and I'll put it up against anything out there. And Dry said, Well, we'll put ours up and and he whooped their ass.
6: <laughs> Hands down, whoop their ass. And then he and then what he do, Danny, after he won the wet study, he made it better. He made it better because then he invented the backpack, if I'm not mistaken after the West wet study, I
2: believe yeah so yeah it, and and Jeff Bishop was the guy that uh, kind of ran that study, and uh, so it was done with you know with Kurt kind of i mean hands off as far as the rules, you know he knew the results before before though, I mean just because of what he did, you know. Yeah. And I mean, when you, when you went to the hydro lab, man, I mean, there was stuff there that you didn't, you don't learn it in any other class when you're weighing, weighing padding, weighing, uh weighing carpet and, and subtracting the, you know, the knowing how much uh, a gallon of water weighs and.
1: Well, you know, I know this isn't interesting to a lot of people, so we won't carry it on too long, but it's, Something. Come on,
6: Clark. This is like this is my life.
1: I know.
2: Yeah. I
3: know. I'm that weird
6: guy, man. Clark.
3: (laughs) Clark, listen. I mean, the guy was the guy was a a really awesome character. I mean, I'm really fortunate to have learned from him at a very young age in the industry. And going to the Hydro Lab, like that was Disney World for a professional (laughs) restorer. It was the most amazing thing. Like the first time I ever see a true wall cavity, a real one, not like some fake stuff, like really built out real plexiglass, like unbelievable insight into where the water went on jobs. And I, I mean, I would have, I could have stayed down there for weeks, just looking at all of the the science behind everything that was going on. It was immensely impressive, but here's my one biggest thing that I learned that made me do a better restore that Kurt taught me. So when you go in for ASD on, on day one, you got to come back out of the class and you got to report, right? So everybody comes out of the class and um, we come out of day one of flood house. Everybody goes back into the classroom and the crew leaders stand up and they start talking um, about, you know, well, Mr. Wethead, you know that your house is drying and everything's looking good. And they're all, that, that, that's information that they're giving and everybody does it. And then Kurt says, you guys all just failed. Well, you just it's certainly interesting math. to me you know Uh, and and any there's there's
1: go ahead Ben
4: I'm sorry uh don't cuss it's certainly interesting to me I yeah no cussing so I, I know one person left but we don't really know if it was because it didn't interest them or not but I think it's certainly interesting for most people. I I think we look for a, a better education in water damage and uh in many respects what we see right now is the bare minimum and it certainly is not a hands on. When you when you went to Kurt's place it was a playground just like just like Joe was saying so we need something like that. I think Chris is the guy to do it too.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, I, that's what I'm sitting here saying is we can't let something like that. I mean, just from hearing this thirty thirty one people on this call and four people are just talking about it. Rachel was much the same way. Um, well, I'll talk to Chris this week, and I mean, I'm I'm all in. I'll I'll do what I can. I I don't know. Yeah, just tell
4: like- just tell Chris to get like a you know a hundred thousand square foot warehouse so we can get it done.
1: Okay. Easy. Okay.
6: Hey, as long as we can use Ben's credit card because that thing's a lot bigger than the rest of ours. I'm good with it.
1: We'll do a GoFundMe from restorers around the country, and we'll. But listen, how big was Kurt's place? Wouldn't he have been a great rebel? I mean,
6: I think he truly was, Clark. I mean, I think you you can couple him, Jeremy. Well, Jeremy was a little later, but you talk about him and Chuck Dewald those two guys were doing things differently than everybody else in the industry in the late nineties and early two thousands. And I think that, uh, they truly were exactly that. And maybe they weren't looked at as rebels, but I can tell you they were looked at as innovators and, and they proved it through education. And that's, that's the gist of it. How big that building was, Ben, I don't know, but you know, we have the facility to host it. It's just a matter of, you know, people wanting to open their eyes to something different. And, um, I'm putting together right now, I'm doing a a Dick Wagner's thing. Uh, not this week, next week, I'm doing an air mover presentation, believe it or not. He wants me to do why at his sales thing. I don't know, but he does. And as I'm putting it together, it just amazes me as I'm looking at data about, just the different types of air movers that are coming out to the market that restorers are buying based off of zero knowledge. They're basing their, their buying habits off of their distributors saying this is good or the manufacturer saying this is good. And that's one thing that Kurt gave restorers the availability to do was come to his facility and test that equipment before you bought it. And that is, it's pretty powerful and it's extremely money well spent. We all invest a ton of money in meters, equipment, things like that. And uh, it'll amaze you when I put the advanced drying class together, Ben, I don't know if you knew this, but I called every manufacturer in the industry. And I said, will you guys send me your equipment for testing? And you know what they told me? They said, if you're not doing, if you're not doing an doing or C standards class, no. And I said, why? They said, because we can't. That's it. Yeah. The reason they can't, I think we all know the answer to it. And that's that's something that I can't say that Kurt gave us all, is that opportunity, like Joe said, to go to Disney World and play with all those toys. And uh, it was pretty cool.
1: Well, what, so what you just said a minute ago, and I, and I, and I want to bring Ben. Are you still here?
4: Yeah. So – And I've – I've got some to add to what Chris was saying. Uh, Chris, do you think that some of this innovation or where things were going was was kind of stifled because of a certain lawsuit?
6: Oh, absolutely. I think you know that. Um, I think that.
4: I think everybody knows that.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's one thing that. That's why we went to air exchanges, Ben, with, you know, it it was because we knew that we could help control that, but we could still lower the vapor pressure. I mean, not to get into that crazy drying stuff, but that's what we knew. We knew that we could do that with getting away from that. But, yeah, it did. It stifled a lot of people. I mean, it stifled Charlie, right? I mean, you know
1: but well i want to i want to say this and this is gonna i'm gonna tie this back to where we are currently today with the 2.0 and with the restoration rebels is um i think it was chris you said it maybe it was danny kurt had wild ideas and he was a rebel and he he wanted to do things a different way and he knew he was right but he backed it up with proof he did the homework he put his own time and effort into it and, and his whole life apparently clearly now but listen let's just take O and P. I mean, that's a big topic in our group. Um, but the white letter, the white paper, the so many people have come together in this industry and in this group and proven that we're not, you know, as many people as want to say, we can't do that. They're wrong. You can do it. And it's allowed. And it's, it's justified and it should be done. But so many other things, I mean, so many things are questioned in this group every day. And it's one thing just to question them, but, the conversations, yeah, do they get a little wild sometimes, and some people start getting a little butthurt. But uh, there's usually enough people to come in with enough knowledge that you just can't say, "Well, maybe I'm the," you know. You say, "Maybe I'm wrong," and that could be something about drying two layers of floor or something like that. So we've created something here, and I don't, I don't know if there's been another Restoration Rebels group before. I mean, I think there's a couple now. I don't have anything to compare this to but I've been in this business for 15 damn years and never have I seen people of this magnitude walking across the street to their competitors and saying, I see you struggling. How can I help? I don't want to be, I don't want to do this alone and I don't want you to do this alone. And, and I'm telling you, that's why I'm a damn rebel. I mean, that, it's just, that's it. I mean, people here, the walls were built because we let them be built around us. Other parties that don't want us to all be on a call and have a group and a freedom of Facebook. That's why, that's why Zuckerberg is in front of Congress. He's creating something that some people just don't want to happen. Well, that's what this is. And that's where this is happening. And unless they shut us down, I think next year it's going to be twice as big and we're going to be, and we're just going to every restore, that does something better than he did yesterday is a move in the right direction. Man, I feel like a damn politician, but that's it. Just if if the whole cream rises to the top, then it doesn't matter what the adjusters say and what the brokers say and what these other people say. We listen. We're right. We're protecting our clients, and we're making a living, and we're employing people. And there's more of us than there are of you. So that's it. Mm-hmm.
6: Amen, it's got to be brother. consistent.
1: Well, yeah, you got to be consistent.
0: Well, you get, first you got to realize that whose rules you're playing by, and if you don't like playing by other people's rules, change them. Build your own. These are our businesses, right? Our businesses. They're not. They don't belong to anybody else. So we get to make the rules. Uh, I'm excited to have everyone there in two days. Just going to, just going to be a powerful, powerful time. We haven't seen since the early 2000s, late 1990s, we haven't seen this type of energy. I feel like the pendulum has swung. And now it's just a matter of where are we going to go with this momentum that we've created? I'm excited to see that. Where It's, it's, it's no coincidence, 31 people in a room, 2,400 people in a Facebook group, Everyone except for the Belfours, following people on LinkedIn. This is powerful, and come May sixth, it's going to get even more powerful. We're going to be putting people into accountability groups at the summit. Say
1: one more yeah, thing. Go ahead. So go ahead. imagine. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, I was lagging. We we now have. The internet, we have all these different channels of getting this and connecting things. And, and like I told you, I'd never heard of Kirk Bolden until last year when he passed away. We now have something, and Gary V says this, if you can't make something work in today's time, there's something wrong with you or you don't care enough to do it. <laughs> you don't care enough because it's it's free, it's very inexpensive, and it's generally simple. And our 12 and 13 year olds can do it. So if you can't do it, shame on you. You don't deserve to be here. Well, you're just not working hard enough. Right. You're waiting on on somebody to bring it to you.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just not going to work.
0: All right, Joe, you got one. uh, You want to close us out tonight?
3: Yep. Clark, you're awesome. Love you, man. All right, so next month, the campaign, sales and marketing.
0: Mm.
3: I strongly encourage everyone to get their pens out. Next month's topics, a couple of guest speakers. And it's all about how to really grow your business. So I just want to share a little insight into to how tangible what we're about to talk about is and how simple it is, right? It all comes down to one word. Sales and marketing can be summed up in one word. And that word, that word is access. I want you all to go this week and really understand that word, access. Nothing else. Forget all of your vocabulary about sales and marketing. Everything and know one word, and that's access. So here's how access works in a modern-day technology, right? It's actually quite simple. I want to have a client that client needs to have several buildings and I want to do all their work. How do I get that client? How do I actually get that client? Hmm. Well, we can be standard as standard goes, and right? I could like Facebook creep them and, and go on LinkedIn and all these places to find who the executive people are, who the decision makers are, maybe find the right people, maybe get an email, maybe be able to get a contact into something somehow. And that takes time lot of energy and often poor roi okay or scenario two right their building's actually on fire and they need me right now and i just happen to have a relationship with a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy and i'm and now i'm his guy right Hmm. again that's like gambling with your business because you want that client so here's here's what we did We went and identified a client that had multiple locations throughout our marketplace. We then went to that client's Facebook page. We went to their most recent post. We found the worst, most negative comment okay, uh, that we could about their their company, their product. And we simply replied to that. Like me, Joe, replied to that statement with a really in-kind gesture of, I don't think that it's a true statement about this product. We're really happy, blah, 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 blah. And I genuinely was because it was a product that I support. With the intents to know that any business owner in the modern century that has a Facebook page has the admin and notifications coming to their devices. Yeah, so maybe the CEO of Coca-Cola's got a department for that stuff, but not you, me, or the next guy down the street sucking water. Or the next customer, right? The next building owner. They're on social media. The very next response in that Facebook thread was, thanks a lot, man. Oh, really cool. Blah, blah, blah. Give us your information. You know, we got something for you. Cool. So I go into DM and I DM on my information. And I simply, simply say, I'm a business owner too. Really appreciate what you guys always do as a service. And I just open the door. Here's what happens next. Hi, Joe. This is blah, blah, blah. The CEO. CEO president. Let that sink in for a second. Stranger to the decision maker in five minutes. I just bleep myself. That was for you, man. Okay? Just so just so you know. Love you, man. Five minutes. I had access. I had access to the decision maker started having a conversation in direct messages. It gets really important. By the end of the conversation, the guy goes, I'm really looking forward to talking to you on Monday. Game over. I walk in the door Monday. He's got 27 properties. I already know what I'm doing. I'm coming up with a disaster plan, pre-preparedness, building a team, executing and looking at his policy. I'm strategizing. So when he has a claim, I'm his guy, right? Five minutes. Five minutes I had access to a decision maker through a free platform. So don't tell me you can't. Don't tell me it's it's expensive. Like, I don't want to hear that crap. You want to do business with somebody? Find a pain point. Find a pain point and give a free solution. Non-relevant to what you actually do. And be genuine about it. Like, find that vendor that you would love to do business with. And fix a pain point. Why? You never know. You might have a really good solution for them. Do it for free. Now. For all of you out there who think I'm going to go out and do this tomorrow, and get this big account, listen, reality is going to set in, okay? This is still sales. So there's still like law of averages, right? So don't be afraid when you go like positively message somebody on their Facebook thread like 10 times and only like two people actually respond to you connect. Because that is the numbers. Those are the realities. Like that wasn't my first rodeo. That was just one that I was really successful at because I stayed true to that method and that process. And I repeated it 10 times a day for a month. So this upcoming campaign, we're going to get real about the word access. We're going to get real about growing our businesses <laughs> through ways that no one else is looking at. So by the way, if anybody brings up, I'm glad we're thinking outside the box. Just so you know, the box, the box was built in the freaking 90s. Like, so anybody who says that, I've already, I've already built a wall around that. Like we're so, there is no damn box. We're talking about access. We're talking about the ability to connect with people on levels that no one's even thought about, no one's even doing that's the next campaign. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited for
1: it. Hey, Joe and Andy yes. and, and Travis, yo, you all watch YouTube a little bit, right? Just a, just a tad. A little bit. Does it make any sense that there are 19 year olds that are multi millionaires by using YouTube, a free channel by creating content and making connections? I mean, does anybody think about that, that there are kids with half of what you know and none of the experience adopting something that makes no sense by talking to people and asking for a couple of sponsors because they know that's what – there's a kid – my kids, this is a true story. This blew my mind. Anybody heard of – there's a game called Fortnite and Twitch. Oh, yeah. Out of control. There's a a guy that streams himself playing this game, and he makes almost $750,000 per month this kid's barely out of puberty excuse me ben i mean come on and then we can't and we can't do something forget about it well the, the reality is we can we can do whatever
0: we set our minds to and we have to give ourselves permission to do these things um this, the, i I come to come back to what Travis and I experienced last week was just moment, this moment of synchronicity of it, this kind of hit us. why wouldn't we do this when and Joe, that was what five minutes, five ten, minutes. 10 minutes of your time. Cause you had, you had to find them first, right. And mm-hmm. read some threads first,
3: mm-hmm.
0: 10 minutes from, Hey, provide value, provide value, provide value. You provided some value some really good value and a pain point, those public reviews are harsh. Take it from me. Oh, it breaks my heart. (laughs) But so you kind of, you kind of put a salve on his wound publicly. Of course he's going to call you because no one's doing that and it costs you nada.
1: I like it. Well, by the way, if anybody, if anybody doesn't think Joe's telling the truth, he screenshotted that. night. Another
3: one. An- another one. That another. One? A different. That was a different <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Two what ones. about
1: what about the one where they called you out on their page? So they went to their own page and called you
3: out. Well, so listen, listen. That's actually our newest sponsor, Company Cam. So guys, the results are tangible. I reached out to Company Cam with the intent to build a relationship and bring them into our group. That happened on Friday. Company Cam is now a sponsor through this exact process right? The intents to build a relationship, to solve a pain point and bring them into something that we can all work together on. Those results are tangible. Like Kurt, I mean, Clark, that's a, go on company cams website or on their Facebook page, guys like big shout out to him. Awesome company. Um, and see, see the post for yourself. Pretty and cool.
0: We'll get to, we'll get to see him on uh,
3: yeah in morning. Yep.
0: Ah, uh, all right. We're going to button it up. There's some folks on the road already down Headed down to Nashville. Uh, I get on a plane tomorrow afternoon. Clark leaves in the morning. Uh, the gravity of restoration and mitigation knowledge is going to sh- suck into Tennessee this week. Uh, yeah, it's going to be felt. And, and God bless them if they have an actually uh, a loss down there. <laughs> uh, like, let's get a 15-story loss in Nashville, Tennessee. How many how many cheese can I get on that one?
6: I'm hey, glad Rachel's not coming, Andy, because she's been known, and so have I, to rip some wallpaper off a wall to show some mold damage. You know, we've oh. seen it at restoration conferences. So, I won't tell the you know. Sheridan. <laughs> Are
1: there
3: any, uh, any questions?
1: Let's go open mic for five minutes before we sign off. Anybody All have right. anything? Right. Bossy, Bob, and Christine, they haven't said a word. Parker, <clears throat> Parker the uh, table maker. And a, and a,
5: and a I'm, I'm actually going to speak up about company cam. I've been using it now for a couple of uh, months and actually love that program. It just does so much for the entire industry and keeping things organized for everybody. And uh, on top of that, Andy, I've also uh, reverted back from the X back to uh, exact 28. So I can actually change my own price list. I tried to do it on the X uh, program. Didn't work. So, I'm back on 28. So
0: there's no there's no pricing modular. Well, we got big.
5: They took me over to the exact analysis, and then it reloads their price list, but then I have to regenerate a whole new price list instead of being able to change the way I want to do it. The way you and
0: Parker, you guys crossed the X1 uh, custom price list bridge yet?
4: No, I haven't, actually. I, I've been meaning to uh, get into X1, but uh, I – I never really get into the new stuff until all the bugs are worked out, which I don't know why I'm in Xactimate 28 because they never got the bugs out of that.
1: You're smarter than me then. I
5: switched over to X1 and I spent an hour and a half with my computer being taken over this morning
0: while they fixed it. So, <laughs> well, you, you, you have to go online and do the, the pricing. All right, we, that's, that's distracting. Don't bring up Xactimate in the last two minutes of any roundtable. That's actually a written rule. Sorry. Andy, we've
1: got two or three different members in the, uh, what well, about four in the chat saying they use company cam. So it's actually pretty widespread. And what I've heard is some of these newer softwares like the encircle and job docs will actually API with, with uh, company cam pretty yeah, well. Wait, so,
0: job docs and, and company cam. Yeah. They're yeah, both they, going to be at, they the integrate site. together.
1: Oh, fancy. What? It's
0: crazy talk. Looks like we planned it. Ready? All right. Anybody else have something to say? Joe does. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love all you
3: guys, and I'll see you in Nashville. That's all let's, I'm saying.
0: Let's see, yeah. Finish up your week strong. Great to see y'all. Uh, looking forward to seeing y'all that make it to Tennessee. And uh, regardless, we'll see you next week. Love you guys.